Very good. So I hear that you had some applause for me. I, I, I didn't need you to do that again, but I appreciate it. You know, do it again, would you? That's good. I like that now. <laughs> uh, well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Murray. I am together with my wife, Ash, uh, one of the lead pastors here. And so good to have you with us. Um, you know, we're a growing family. There were three babies born yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Bradhams, um, the Shepherds, and the Mendenhalls. Woo! So that's amazing. Um, girls, boys, girls. One of those. Yeah, definitely. That's it. They definitely had a girl or a boy. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I just want to remind you about our Ignite groups. It's, um, you know, we as a community, you know, we love the fact that, um, you know, we're not just called to be in isolation. We're called to be family together. We you know we, we identify with family as, um, you know, one of the, the descriptions of church we, uh, in the, we find in the Bible is family, the household of God. And we identify with that, you know, strongly ourselves. And so with our Ignite groups coming up, we've got sign up today. Uh, at the back with Jonathan. It just, I want to really encourage you to uh, get connected and get plugged into an Ignite group. Um, it is it's just a great place to grow. It's a gl- great place to experience God. It's a great place to build community together, build some friends. You know, we're not meant to be islands. We're actually, our brains are designed to work better together. don't know if you know that or not, but that's true. God said to Adam, it's not good that he should be alone. So he gave, whoa, man. Beautiful, cheesy joke, there you go, dad joke for you. All right, so today uh, and next week, Ash is preaching next week, I'm preaching obviously today, looking at, um, just really felt stirred to preach from Ephesians chapter six on the armor of God. So I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter six, and while we're turning to that point, let me make a few opening remarks. I think the thing, I I don't think anyone would argue with this next statement, we're in a war. Life is a war. What's going on in this nation? We see factions that are at war with each other. We see um, challenges of uh, division between races. We see challenge of divisions between um, political groups. We, d- we see divisions between generations. We see divisions between different parts of the country. Whatever it might be, we could, we could say that in this country, in the moment, we're at war. But more than that, Each one of us are at war. Don't know if you know that or not, but you're actually in an army. You've been enlisted into a fight, whether you know it or not, the truth is of being in Christ Jesus is that we are now in the battle of our lives, but it's not the battle for our lives. It's the battle of our lives because of what Jesus has done. So we're in this war where we've got this the, 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 the gospel is that the, the, the kingdom of God is breaking in. Jesus came and he said, I, the kingdom of God, as he preached, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. Well, what is the kingdom? It's the inbreaking of the age to come into the now, right? It's that which is reserved for the end times where we see that there's no sickness and there's no death and there's no, there's no pain and there's no sorrow and there's no suffering and there's no sin in heaven and that invading the now, That's the kingdom of daddy's love. 
Right, and so we've got this, this great, you know, Jesus ushered in the kingdom. We, because of the cross of Christ, we are now partakers of the kingdom. Colossians 1, it says we've been transferred. We were over here, dead, stuck in this kingdom of darkness, dominion of darkness, enslaved by the power of the enemy. Miserable. God haters without hope in the world. But we've been transferred by the precious blood of Jesus and by his death and resurrection. We've been transferred by the will of the Father into this kingdom of the beloved. And that's glorious, isn't it? And so we've got this, we're praying, you know, Jesus taught us to pray, kingdom of God come, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. What's that? That's the power of the age to come breaking in now. Every time somebody gets healed, that's the power of the age to come active now. Every time someone comes to salvation, it's the power of the age to come as they see their eyes open and they have revelation of who it is. Every time we release a prophetic word of the, you know, either foretelling or foretelling of what God's doing or wants to do, it's the power of the age to come, right? And we live in that kingdom. But the thing is, we are also in this present darkness. We're in this conflict where we've got the, the whole world that's under the power and the influence of the enemy and we are un, in conflict where, the, where we see this tension of the now of, what, you know, of, of, of our circumstances and the not yet of God breaking in. And it's a challenging and difficult, sometimes glorious, sometimes frustrating tension of the war that we're in. Say it again, you may not know this, but you're actually enlisted in the army. If you believe in Christ Jesus, it's not passive. Jesus said you're either for me or against me. There's no passivity, there's no middle ground. You're in a war. You have an enemy that absolutely wants to come to kill, steal, rob, and destroy. Let's have a look at Ephesians chapter six. Hopefully, if you're not familiar with your Bibles, just go to the end and then turn back a few pages and you'll find Ephesians before Philippians and just after Galatians. So it's uh, page 1178 in my Bible. <laughs> Great. So we're going to start in verse 10 and we're going to read through to verse 20 and, I, and I'm going to kick it off and then Ash is going to finish it and we'll just see how, how we go. Okay. Finally, this is the Apostle Paul writing to a church uh, in Ephesus which was a, uh, a city in Asia Minor, been sort of modern-day Turkey now. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. 
What a glorious passage of scripture. As I said, we're in a war. There's a war that's being bombarded against us. It's, it's, it's coming against our senses. It's coming against our, our very character and our very nature. It's the, it's the, it's the, the world, the, the, the power of the age, this present age that's bombarding us, trying to speak to our identity, trying to speak to our uh, thought life, trying to, trying to get us to behave in certain ways, try, trying to get us to come uh, and to you know, stir up hatred and division and, and difficulty and challenge, trying to bring us into isolation and independence. Join an Ignite group. <laughs> trying to turn believers aside from pursuing all that God has for them turning people aside from pursuing his will because the, the enemy is coming against us as an assault against us. And it's also hindering the power of the gospel breaking forth. The, uh, elsewhere, Paul says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of under, unbelievers. It's like blinkers that he's put on them. There's, we're in a war. We, you know, Paul talks about you've got to stand against the schemes of the enemy. And who is the enemy? Well, I want you to know it's not flesh and blood. Our battle is not on Facebook. Our battle is not on Twitter. Our battle is not pointing out different people's issues. I'm not saying there's, anything, I'm, there's something wrong with uh, speaking truth. I'm just saying that our battle isn't against people. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against the forces of wickedness that operate through people but Paul, he's writing here and he's saying, our battle isn't against people, it's against the forces of wickedness. We're talking about a guy who was shipwrecked, who was stoned, and I don't mean, you know, the kind of stoning we talk about nowadays, but seven or, you know, five or six times, you know, what, no, maybe once or twice he's been stoned within an inch of his life. He's been wept, he's been beaten. He's had people coming against him and he's saying, no, 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 this is not a flesh and blood thing. This is, this is a war in the heavenly realms. They're coming against us. And who is it coming? It's rulers against authorities, cosmic powers over the present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil. They're coming against you. And it's interesting, the word that he uses is wrestle. A few months ago, a friend of ours, Lance, some of you would know Lance and Lacey, Lance had a birthday party and he, and he decided that what he wanted to do for his birthday party was to go to, do, to learn some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Well, as you do in a birthday party, you know, it's like, you know, we're going to have a kid's birthday party, we're going to have an adult birthday party. Kids have little piñatas, apparently adults do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't, know if, I don't know if you know what that is, but that basically means when you're training is getting on a mat with someone else, having a man that you know, but not very well, straddle you, which is super uncomfortable. And then you have to do some jujitsu moves to get them off you. All right? I, I mean, I learned them, but I couldn't tell you what they are. I mean, you can tell from my physique that that's not really going to be my thing, right? So, but this, I, I, I think I had Justin Duell who was on top of me. We got really intimate that morning and it was awkward, I have to say, you know, because you, you know, you end up with an armpit in your face or, you know, with you know, a hairy armpit or you, you know, you, you end with, you know, somebody straddling over you and you got to, you know, you're in right in kind of hand-to-hand combat, you know, it's not far off, it's not like this boxing jab, 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 you know, it's not, it's not um, Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor, it's like Conor McGregor with Conor McGregor. 
You know, it's like UFC in the cage going at it and that's what they do. That's part of the skill that they learn. And so you're there and you've got an elbow in your face or you've got a, you've got a sweaty armpit or worse still, you've got someone's posterior in your face or whatever, you know. And it's hand-to-hand combat. It's close. It's intimate. You're getting in holes. You're holding arms. You're, you know, it's like it's a wrestling match. It's, it's fun but scary at the same time. It's definitely not pretty. And that's the word, word Paul is using, but it's not just that you're playing with some friends. You're actually in a fight. You're in a wrestling match. It's up close and personal. It's hand-to-hand combat. I think I'd have to go to the gym a lot if I was to be good at it. That's enough talking about the enemy. I want you to just turn back to the verse 10. Paul says, finally, in conclusion of everything that I've said, and if you haven't read Ephesians, I would recommend that you read it. He says this, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You're in a fight. Your enemies are not the flesh and blood that you see. They're actually far more powerful, but we've got good news. We've got good news. The best kind of news, actually, is that we're strong in the Lord. And the best kind of news, because we're strong in the Lord, is he's mighty and he's powerful. You know, we sang that song this morning. I love it. I love that song, He is Able. You know, there's the, the, the Greek words that, uh, that describe power or describe even what Paul's saying here as be strong. Those Greek words all have the same root. You know what that root is? He's able. He's able. We talk about the power of God. He's able. We talk about being strong. We're able. That root word, we get the word dynamis, which we get the word dynamite from. That, the first part of that word means that he is able. In other words, there's nothing hindering him, nothing holding him back, nothing to stop him. Now that's good news. You can smile about that one. You know, I look like I've, maybe I've sort of depressed you with the fight, talk of the enemy. But the good thing is, I said it's a fight for your life, but it's not, sorry, fight of your life, but not for your life, because Jesus has already won. Come on. And so we're to be strong. So Paul's exhortation is to be strong in the Lord. So first thing first, this is just want you to notice it's not about being strong in yourself. It's not about going down to the spiritual gym and strengthening yourself so that you could be better at the Brazilian jiu-jitsu that God's calling you to. No. Be strong in the Lord. Be enabled by the Lord. The, verb, the, the, the way that he's, Paul's writing is it's, it's an imperative, passive action. In other words, it's a command, be strong, but it's passive, you can't do anything about it, but be strong. Be strong. To be enabled, the sense of that word in the Greek is that it is um, to become, to be or become rendered capable or able for some task. You are capable and able through the power of the Holy Spirit to stand firm. That's the good news. You're on the winning team. It's not like we're wondering whether in the first three or four rounds whether he's going to win or not. He's won already. He's the mighty God. He's the mighty deliverer. Jesus, when he went to the cross, part of his mission wasn't just to, um, to, to uh, bring forgiveness for our sins, but it was actually to strip the enemy of all of his power. 
Colossians 2, it says that he's led captive, captivity captive. He's taken his, all of his enemies and he's led them forth through triumphing him over the cross and he's made his enemies nothing whatsoever. And so we're enabled because God is able. You're able because God is able. I'm strong because God is strong. I'm able to withstand because God can withstand. I'm able to, to, to have victory because Jesus has already had the victory. It's glorious good news, isn't it? And it's not just a little bit of victory because he goes on to say, in the strength of his might, those two words, the word strength has the sense of this, a controlling power. Power to direct or to determine, power to government, to govern. Be strong in Jesus' power to determine, to direct, and to govern. Be strong. That's your inheritance. You're not without power. You've been actually clothed with power. Everyone say clothed. Which means you've been dressed in the dynamite of heaven. You've been clothed in the atomic force of the universe. You're powerful because God is powerful. You're able because God is able. You are able to have influence. You are able to have, um, where am I? Power to direct or determine. Power to dominate the opposition. And that word is always used of God's strength in the New Testament. I think it's used once of some power that God gives the enemy. But in all the other times, the word that is used there for strength is only ever described of God. Let me just say this to you one more time. It's not your strength or your power or your might. You are actually powerless. I am powerless but on my own. But in Christ, I've been clothed with power. I have the victorious one living on the inside of me and I have the power of the Holy Spirit living on the outside of me. And so we're, we're in, so it's the strength of his might. I want you to, so, I also want to see that it's not, that power is not for dominating people but it's for dominating thought, strongholds, arguments, everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of, law, of the Lord. It's not to dominate people, it's to dominate the environment and the atmosphere with the kingdom of heaven. And then the final word in that, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. The final word is, the sense is strength, the possession of the qualities required to do something or get her done. The ability to get her done. So be strong, be enabled, be emboldened, be empowered. How? In the Lord. How? In the strength, his determining power to get it done. You're not weak and insubstantial. You are powerful, but not in your own strength, in the power of the Holy Spirit. But as we talk about the power, you know, it just actually, it, we need to just talk, take a moment and talk about the weakness. Because, you know, God's power, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, thir 12 13, yeah, one of the two, that his power, God's power, is made perfect where? In our weakness. You know, and so we're talking about power, but we're not talking about our own power. In fact, God's power will never compete with our strength. He will only ever come in on the back of our weakness. And so your weakness 
is actually what qualifies you for his power. Your total inability on your own to do anything and to fight the good fight of faith against the principalities and powers, your total inability to do that actually qualifies you to experience the glory of his power at work through you. So this is not about going around and saying, I'm powerful, move out of the way. This is about saying, I am weak, but he is strong. He's the glorious one. He's the powerful one. Paul says in, 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says that we have this treasure in jars of clay. You know, Paul himself, as I alluded to, he, he, was, he knew what it was like to have things come against him. Wind, weather, people, situations, all empowered through the demonic that's coming, you know, empowering the, you know, the demonic, empowering those things to come against him. He knows what it's like to live in weakness, but he's saying in that moment of weakness is where I live in, the God's, in God's strength. In fact, if you look at that verse in, um, in fact, let's just quickly turn to that in 2, in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 12, where Paul's talking about you know, the God's power being made perfect. In verse nine, God's saying to him, as he's, he's been in this discussion with the Lord, I've got this weakness that I need you to take care of. And, 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 and God's saying to him, no, 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 my grace, in verse nine, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's God speaking to him. And then Paul's saying, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That word rest is episkenu in the Greek. It actually means to build a tent on. What that means is that as we become, as we acknowledge our weakness, as we say, God, I can't, but you can, you know what happens? God sets a tent of power over your life. And that weakness qualifies you to stand and to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You're powerful in the Holy Spirit. We're powerful in the Lord. And so we're to strengthen ourselves, but to notice that we're to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And what's the purpose of strengthening? You know, that's not actually, the purpose isn't so that we fight to win the victory. The purpose is to stand in the victory that he's already won. Right? So the warfare that we have is actually just about standing. It's not that we have to go out and fight, although there's ground that we have to learn to fight, but that's ground that's already been won by the Holy Spirit, won by the blood of Jesus. In other words, we're not just to sit back and be passive. We'll have a look at one of those, you know, the, 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 um, the armor, which is the shoes, which is the thing that we move forward in. So we move forward, but we're not moving from a place trying to win victory. We're moving because we already have the victory. It might look like weakness, Paul says, you know, as he comes in 1 Corinthians, he says, I came to Corinth and I was in weakness and trembling. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Tell you, as a pastor, as a leader, as a father, as a husband, those are really comforting words. I didn't know what to do. He says, I came in weakness and trembling. I preached what I preached, sounded like it was foolishness. It was the, it was the gospel, it was the, the cross of Christ. But it was the, and it's like the, the upside down kingdom that are in the, what looks like our most weakest moment, we're actually full of the power of the Holy Spirit and we're dangerous. 
Be strong in the Lord and in his might. Stand in who he's made you to be. Stand in his power. There is absolutely no reason why you should ever run with your tail between your legs from the enemy. It's a choice. Am I going to stand or am I going to run? Paul's saying, stand. I tell you, in this day and age, stand. And all that's coming against you from different quarters, different, even theology that's coming in that's just not, you know, that's just taking truth and moving it out, out into error. You know, things like, you know, just you can do whatever you like because God will love you anyway. The, things like, you know, you don't need to believe in Jesus because all roads lead to heaven. Those things are coming in and they're coming against us among other things of, you know, just the day-to-day battle of the flesh. But we want to stand against those, but I want you to know we already have the victory. And so, Paul's saying, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Hello, warriors. Just, just take a moment, put your hand on your heart and say, I am a warrior with the heart of a lover. Because again, what we're, not, what we're warring against isn't flesh and blood. We're not in a big fight to win a big argument about who's better. We're not in this moment of my dad's bigger than your dad. Remember those games you used to play? I used to play that as, with our missionary friends in Nigeria. You know, we, I remember this particular Australian uh, family, Ben and Sarah and, and, uh, and Hannah and Tim, and we would always, you know, Ben and, and I were kind of, well, he was a little older than me, but we would always, you know, his dad was a mechanic. My dad, you know, our dad was a, had been a farmer, and then he was a farmer, and then he was, you know, in the ministry. And so we would always play the my dad's better than your dad game. My dad's better than your dad. We're not in that. We're not trying to win an argument. We're standing in the love and the power and the authority of Christ and we're releasing his goodness and his power to those around us and we will win the battle. It's very good news. All right, so if we look into the armor... I want to just jump to, I'm going to leave Ashley to, to do most of this next week. I've run out of time. But I'm, I just want to focus in on the shoes for a minute. So let's have a look at the shoes in verse 15. So Paul's saying, stand, so he's talking about the whole armor of God. He says in verse 13, take up, take it up. In other words, it's not something that just comes to you that you actually have to take it up. You have to put it on, right? Take up, put on the armor of God. Stand therefore in verse 14. And then it says, and as shoes of for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The shoes, what are the shoes? Well, the shoes cover your feet. Your feet are the things that carry you forward into battle, right? And so just to come back to this point about we're not dominating people, what are the shoes? The shoes are the gospel of peace. Actually, back up a bit, the shoes are the readiness. The readiness of the gospel 
of peace. And so, as I've looked at that, you know, um, commentators and theologians, they, they don't really know kind of how to read that particular part of, the, of, of it. You know, that they're like, are they... Uh, does this mean that the gospel makes us ready? So the readiness comes because we've received the gospel of peace? And so because we've now received the gospel of peace, because, uh, because Jesus has broken down the dividing wall of hostility, because we are now, now, we have peace with God and we have peace with others, therefore that makes us ready? Or is it that actually the readiness that comes is we're ready to share the gospel of peace? I think the answer is both. That the, go- the, gospel, the, the gospel is a gospel of peace, that we have, a pe- we have, first and foremost, we have peace with God. And then we have peace with others. Matthew 5 verse 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. How do you know if you're a son of God, you're going to be a peacemaker? Right? But it's not, just, it's not just receiving the peace, it's actually knowing the gospel and having the readiness to go and, and share the gospel re- Take the gospel of peace, in a sense, on the offense. The, the, the strategy that we have in this age, as we put on the armor of God, and Ash will share the other, other parts of it next week, but as we put that on, the strategy that we have is actually going with the gospel of peace. And I felt earlier this year, as I was on sabbatical and, and we were in Reading, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I'm revealing Jesus the evangelist like you haven't seen him before. And so I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a, a moment, there's, there's, there's a groundswell, there's a, the, the energy in the might of the Holy Spirit that's equipping us, equipping our feet with the good news, uh, the good news of the gospel of peace. Take a look at your shoes for a minute. They're the things that are going to carry you out of here into the world. And what God is doing is he's putting on the gospel of peace onto each of our feet. And it's the gospel of peace. It's not the gospel of war. It's not the gospel of hatred. It's not the gospel of division. It's the gospel of peace. Peace comes because we love. Peace is the manifestation of the love of God. And his desire for us, his weapon for us, is the gospel of peace. So you know, I've been talking about being strong in the Lord. I've been talking about how the Holy Spirit is with us, how Jesus has made a way for us to come into, into union and strength, togetherness and strength with himself by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing, if you don't know Jesus, if you're not part, if, you're not, if, you, if you haven't experienced his love, if you haven't said yes to him, you're actually on the outside and you're subject to all of the wiles and the schemes of the enemy. And the enemy has free reign over your life. And even the things that you want to do, as Paul says, you don't always get to do because of the work of the enemy. So the thing is, this is not about do better. This is actually about yielding to the Holy Spirit. This is about yielding to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't be strong in the Lord. You can't come out of the attacks of the enemy. You can't be free from sin unless you've actually made yourself vulnerable and you've allowed and you've said yes to the Holy Spirit and you've chosen to put your faith in Jesus Christ. When that, when that happens and you give yourself to the Lordship, you become strengthened with power 
with his might. And that's my passion for you today. If you don't know him, if you don't know who who he is, if you don't know the strength and the comfort that he brings into your life, or maybe you've actually stepped away from that, you used to know it, but you've stepped away, my my heart and my passion is that you would come back and you'd experience, or maybe for the very first time, you'd experience the love of God and you would be strong in his might and his power and that you would be able to be clothed with his armor. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You want to be strong? You want to be powerful? You want to be full of might? You can't do it on your own. You can only do it through union with Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to invite you all to stand, please. And it would be remiss of us to to not just take a moment for those of you that maybe you don't know Jesus as your strength, as your Lord and your Savior, or for those of you that have wandered away, you once knew him, but now you've wandered off and you found yourself in isolation or independence and challenge and difficulty and you want to come back. It's very, very simple. I want you all just to close your eyes and you can pray this prayer with me. We want to give you this opportunity to come into the glorious freedom. And so pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. I make you my Lord and my Savior. I want to stand in your might and your strength and not in mine alone. So if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to know the Father Well, he loved you before you prayed that prayer, actually. But he loves you, and we love you. And here's what we want you. We want for you, we want you to get a Bible. We encourage you to read the Bible, study his word, read the Gospels, join a church, find a church that believes in God and will take you on a journey, help you grow in your your gift, get plugged into a local church. And come and, if you want to, come and just chat with me afterwards. I'd love to know. But for those of us that already believe, here's what I want us to do. I just want us to take a moment in our mind's eye, picture ourselves stepping into the strength of the Lord. That means leaving your strength. And here's what I, maybe we could do, but just in your mind's eye, take it, just take a moment, visualize your own strength. And I want you to visualize, I want you to just visualize yourself putting that strength down, your intellect your power, your, you know, your uh, street smart, whatever it might be, your abilities. And then I want you to picture yourself stepping into the might of Christ. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you clothe us with power. 
And so I want, I just then I want you just to see the Holy Spirit actually now clothing you. Just see that clothing of the power of God coming. Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, he says, stay into Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit coming, sometimes we just think of him as, well, he's so that we can speak in tongues. No, 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 let's not dumb him down like that. He's the power of heaven coming upon us. You've been clothed with power. Just take a moment, say, I have been clothed with power. And just take a moment, just Receive the mantle of anointing, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, his power and his glory. He's, he's, he's empowering you for not just Sunday morning church, but he's empowering you for your family. He's empowering you in your marriage. He's empowering you with your children. He's empowering you with your schoolwork. He's empowering you with your business. He's empowering you as an employer. He's empowering you as you go to the supermarket. He's empowering you with his love and his goodness and his glory. He's empowering you to rule the atmosphere around you so receive that now in Jesus name thank you Holy Spirit thick in your presence thick in your presence thick in your presence Lord why don't you just stretch your hand out to the person next to you and just say more power Lord more of the power and the glory of God. 